So, young people, we've been in, uh, your parents and I, we have been in a series for the last several months called Lord of All. And the big picture idea of this series is that to follow Jesus, he expects that everything that we are and everything that we have will come under his lordship, that we will trust him with who we are, what we have, and what we do. And so I'm going to make this interactive today because I want you to stay with me. What do I mean by lordship? Anybody just yell it out. What do you think I mean by lordship? Anybody? Any takers? Adults? Nobody? Authority. Authority. Okay. Authority. Yes. When I say lordship, I just mean Jesus is in charge. That Jesus is the boss. Okay, you guys are going to have to interact with me today or it's going to be a long morning for me because I got a lot of questions and they're not rhetorical. Okay, (laughs) but yes, when I say lordship, I mean Jesus is in charge, that Jesus is boss. To follow Jesus, it means that we give our lives to him and we say, I trust you to lead me and I will follow you by doing what you ask me to do. And so that brings us to a really important question. Why do we choose to follow Jesus? Why do we choose to follow Jesus? Anybody? I'm comfortable with silence. We can go to heaven because he's God, son of God. Yeah, absolutely. Good answers, good answers. Yes, God's word tells us, right? God's word tells us that we were created by God. Every single one of you children, you were created by God. You were knitted together by him in your mother's womb. You were made special by God and uniquely by him. And God's word tells us that we were created to be in relationship with God. Starting with who? In the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve, yes. Starting with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. But can someone tell me what happened with Adam and Eve? Yes, they ate the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. What kind of fruit was it? Uh, It's a trick question. We don't know. Uh, Yeah, they ate the fruit from the knowledge of good and evil. They sinned, right? They sinned. They they chose not to listen to God. God had said, do not eat of this fruit. But Adam and Eve went ahead and they ate of the fruit. And there were consequences to them making that choice. There were consequences to their sin. Anybody here, you have consequences at home when you do something that you're not supposed to? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Woo! (laughs) So much fun, right? There are consequences when we do things that we're not supposed to. And the consequences of Adam and Eve was that sin has been passed down. And that sin has been passed down from generation to generation all the way to each one of us. So that every person who is born is born in a state of sin. It means that we're separated from God. And King David in Psalm 51, he says, I was born a sinner from the moment my mother conceived me. And it wasn't just David. That's true for every single one of us. Anybody here have a younger sibling? Okay. Does that younger sibling from a young age, did they ever pinch you, punch you? hurt you in any way, steal things from you. Yeah, so you've experienced sin, right? <laughs> like, you know what sin is from a young age. That's the effects of sin. And as long as we remain this way, we cannot have a relationship with God who made us. We are separate from him because he is holy. 
But God desired to have us back in relationship with him. So what did he do? He sent his one and only son. Yes, I heard that over here. Is that Kingsley? Yeah, Kingsley over there. Yes, he sent his one and only son. He sent Jesus to die on a cross for our sins. Jesus took the punishment of what we deserve so that we could be right with God. And it's only through Jesus that we have a relationship with God and eternal life with him. Why do we need to, what do we need to do to have eternal life? It's only through Jesus that we have eternal life. What do we need to do? Yeah, believe in God. Believe in God. I saw your hand up. <laughs> believe in God. Yeah, absolutely. Believe Jesus is the Son of God. Believe that He came to save sinners. Paul says if we confess that He is Lord, we are saved. When we trust in Jesus for salvation, you know what happens? We become a part of His body. We go from being separated from God to being in Christ, in Jesus. And as long as we are connected to Jesus, we are saved and we are a part of God's kingdom. And what he asks of us as, we, as a part of his kingdom is to trust him, is to follow him and walk with him as our Lord, as our boss every single day. And so ultimately, that's what your parents and I have been talking about over the last little while is what does it mean for Jesus to be Lord? What does it mean for him to be our boss? And how do we follow him? And we've talked about it using the letter of Ephesians. Does anybody know who wrote Ephesians? Paul, yes. Paul wrote the letter of Ephesians. And in the letter of Ephesians, Paul writes about some very practical areas of life that Jesus wants us to trust him in and follow him in. He talks about the way that we speak. He says that if we're trusting Jesus, we should not lie, but we should use our words to encourage one another. He talks about our anger. He says there's a way to be angry that's sinful, and there's a way to be angry that's actually righteous and okay. He talks about how we should stay away from things that we know are wrong. He talks about husbands and wives. He talks to your mom and dad. And he says, this is how you should live in marriage. This is how you should treat one another. And he also talks to children. And he talks about how children should behave toward their parents. Anybody a child in here? <laughs> Technically, all of our hands could have been up for that one, really. But, but by Paul's definition, we aren't children some of us anymore and so if you're a child here then God through Paul has something to say to you he actually has a lot to say to you because the word of God is for you as much as it is for your parents but he has something specific to say to you about being a child and that's what I want to talk to you about this morning and so we're going to talk about the fact that if we want to follow Jesus then Jesus expects things of us and one of the things that he expects of you as children is that you will obey your parents. That you will honor your mother and your father. So before we discuss what this means, why do we do what Jesus expects of us? What's a good reason that we do what Jesus asks us to do? 
Because it's good. Yes, absolutely. To spread the word of God? Absolutely. Yes. Good answers. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Those are both good answers. I have, I have two reasons that I wrote down for why we follow Jesus and do what he does. Number one is similar to what I just heard, because it's good for us, because Jesus loves us, right? He knows what is good for us. He's the one that made us, as I already said, and he wants us to have an abundant life. And he knows that there are ways that we can live that will be really good for us. And there are ways that we can live that will not be any good for us at all. And so that's one reason why we listen to Jesus, because he knows us and he knows what's good for us. And the second reason we listen to Jesus now is because he is Lord over everything and all of God's creation. Everything that's been made, everything that you see and don't see, one day is going to come before Jesus and is going to be judged by him. Every person one day will come before Jesus and they will have to explain why they did or did not listen to him, why they did or did not follow him. Because Jesus is king. He is like a king. He is like a prime minister, only not only over one country, over all of creation. Romans 14, 11 says, as I live, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So we want to listen and we want to follow Jesus knowing that we're going to come before him one day. And we want to be able to say, Jesus, I trusted you. I followed you. I trusted you for salvation. I trusted you with my life. That's what I want to come before Jesus and say. And I hope that's what you want to come before Jesus and be able to say. And so one of the areas that he directs us in children is towards your parents. Rochelle read for us in verse 1, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. What does it mean to obey? Listen and do what they tell? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It begins, you're absolutely right, it begins with listening. Right? To be able to obey something, it has to start with listening. And so as children, the way that you should listen to your parents is you listen with an understanding that you are under their authority, that you are under their rule. God has placed your parents in a position over you, and God has given your parents a job to do that is for your good. You ever thought about that? Your parents are there. They have a job that God has given them to do for your good. They are to teach you God's commandments. They are to raise you up in the way that you are supposed to go. They are to provide for you for your growth. All good things. And so the expectation is that as your parents do what God has called them to do, you as children will show your parents respect and understand that when they speak to you, you listen and you respond to them because they've been charged with your good, your growth, directing you in the way that you need to go. Does anyone know what Paul means when he says, obey your parents in the Lord? What does that mean? It's not just obey your parents, obey them in the Lord. 
Okay, God made them. Yes, kind of. Anybody else? To believe in God and obey your parents? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're right on it. Because basically what he's saying there, when he says obey your parents in the Lord, obeying your parents in the Lord is a sign of following Jesus. And this is what I've been talking about with your parents over the last couple of weeks. We've been talking about marriage. We've been talking about how our response in marriage is actually a response to Jesus, to trusting in him as Lord and Savior. And the same is true for you kids, that when you listen to and you respect your parents, you aren't just showing honor to them, you're actually showing honor to Jesus. You're actually trusting Jesus, because when you obey your parents, you're responding to what Jesus has commanded you to do, and you're showing him that you respect him and you trust him that he has given your parents for your good. And so we always have that in mind, that we obey our parents in the Lord, because ultimately when we obey our parents, we're obeying Jesus, and it's a response of trust and faith in him. And Paul says, this is right. When Paul says right, what he means there is he means it's righteous in the eyes of God. God looks at a child who obeys their parents and goes, yes, that is good. That is right. That is how I designed my creation to work. You see, kids, the world is going to try and teach you a lot of things. The world is going to try and speak to you about a lot of things. And a lot of the things that the world is going to try to say to you is not for your good. It's not for your good. And God has given you your parents to help protect you against that. And hopefully your parents follow God and lead you into the understanding of him. But understand that as you get older, you are going to hear so many things from the world that is not good, that is not right. And your heart, I hope, will be one that says, I want to follow what God says is good, what God says is right. And you're going to notice often as you get older, what God says is right and what the world says is right is not going to be the same thing. And you're going to have a choice to make in that. And so it starts now with obeying our parents now understanding what it means to be under authority, under the authority of God, so that when we get older, we're used to that obedience. So that when difficult things come our way, we know how to say no, and we know how to understand what is good and what is right, because we've been practicing it all of our lives. Paul continues in Ephesians chapter 2, or verse, chapter 2, Ephesians 6 verse 2, he says, honor your father and mother. Does anyone know what Paul's quoting there? Honor your father and mother? Obey them. But what is he quoting? There's a specific place in Scripture that Paul's quoting there. The Ten Commandments, yes. Paul is quoting the Ten Commandments when he says, honor your father and your mother. And then he adds his own thoughts to it in verse 2. He puts brackets around it. He says, this is the first commandment with a promise. What do you think Paul means by that? Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. Kingsley? Okay? Okay, yep. Yeah, so there's, there's a promise attached to it. Paul says, Paul says um, 
In Ephesians 3, he gives us the promise. He says, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So God says to his children, he says, children, when you honor your mother and when you honor your father, it will go well for you and you will live long in the land. Now, what does he mean by go well? Basically, that's just a, a broad uh, covering that Paul used to say that good things are going to come your way when you honor your father and your mother. The blessing of the Lord will be upon those who honor their parents. And God also says you're going to live long in the land. You'll have long life. And so God gives these two promises to children when they obey their parents. And so let's get really practical. I know, I know parents, they're like, okay, practically, like, let's talk about my children's obedience. Well, what should it look like, <laughs> right? Kids, you ever, uh, your, your parents ever ask you to do something and you partially do it? <laughs> yeah, I love your honesty. Yeah. So is that obedience? No, it's not right? So if our parents ask us to do something and we partially do it, that's not really obedience, is it? It's actually disobedience in itself. And so one of the things that we have to understand, kids, is when our parents ask us to do something, like say we're told to clean our room, and our version of cleaning the room is slamming everything in the closet and closing the doors, and then if someone opens it, it's an avalanche, right? Like we kind of did what they said, but not really. And that's one of the things that we have to understand as young people is that Partial obedience, kind of doing what your parents ask you to do, isn't actually obedience at all. It's disobedience. And so just in the same way that when God gives us commands, he expects us to fully follow them. When your parents give you commands, God expects you to fully follow those commands. And it's for your good. So kids, what are some ways that you can obey your parents? You tell me. And just beware that as you say it, your parents are going to write it down and be like, mm -hmm. do you remember you said this? So what are some ways you can obey your parents, kids? What does it practically look like? Do what they tell you to do? Okay, that's very broad. How about more specific? Like what? Listening. Listening. Dishes. Write that one down, parents. Dishes. Dishes, yeah, absolutely. Dishes without grumbling, oh, it's my night to do dishes, right? I remember having to do dishes when I was a kid. I loved it. It was great. What else? How else do you practically obey your parents? What's that? Cleaning the living room, yes, absolutely. Cleaning the living room. What's that? Cleaning the room. Turning off the TV. Okay. Doing school. Doing school. That's a good one. Yeah. Trying hard in school. Right? There's so many different ways. I think what we're, what we're seeing is there's so many different ways that this plays out. But it's so important that we follow Jesus in it. I want to leave you just with three thoughts about obeying your parents. Number one, remember that we obey our parents because it pleases the Lord. God said that it's good. And we want to please the Lord as a response to what he's done for us. And so remember, when you obey your parents, it pleases the Lord. Number two, and I think this one's so important, kids, and you'll forget it, but it's okay because, you know, your parents will remind you, is that as you obey your parents, it prepares you for the rest of life. When you obey your mom and dad, you're actually learning 
principles and important things for the rest of life that are going to set you up when you get older. Your parents have things that they need to teach you. And you need to listen to those things. And one of the things that you're going to realize, kids, is that there's never a point in your life that you're not under someone's authority. Right? And so we learn what it means to be under someone's authority with our parents. But maybe we're in the workplace. We're going to have a boss. Right? When we're at school, we've got teachers. And so it bleeds into all areas of life. And most importantly, we are always under God's authority. So there's never a point in your life that you won't be under authority. And so being under your parents' authority is training for the rest of your life. And the last thing I would say is obeying your parents actually teaches you how to love God. Obeying your parents teaches you how to love God. See, Jesus says what it looks like to love him. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Basically what Jesus is saying there, he's saying, if you love me, you will obey me. That is how we see our love for Jesus. And so as we love our parents by obeying them, it is teaching us what it looks like to love God. Well, what I want to do, kids, is, because we don't have you in here very often, is I'd love to have all of you standing. If you live at home, okay, that's, that's kind of the threshold. If you're still living at home, under your parents' authority, under your parents' roof, can you just stand up for me wherever you are? Stand up. Parents, anyone not standing up? <laughs> All right. Well, what I want to do is I want to take a minute, and I want all of us adults and parents, I want to pray over you, because you're not in here that often. And I think what you need to understand is you're the next generation, right? Like we are, we are handing the baton of faith off to all of you. Someday one of you may be in my position up here. Someday one of you may be leading worship. Who knows, right? But, but we want to pray over you because I know for me as a dad, one of the greatest things is I want my children to follow Jesus. I want my children to know the Lord all of the days of their life. And so parents, I just want to invite you to Surround your kids, put your hands on your kids, stand with them, lay your hands on your kids, and I'm going to pray over all of you, and then I'm just going to take a moment and open it up to everybody else. If you want to pray for this generation, if you want to pray over your children, whatever you may want to do in that moment, I'm just going to leave space so that whoever wants to can pray. So parents, would you stand with your kids and just Lay your hands on their shoulders. Give them a hug, whatever you want to do. I see you. And would you bow your heads and would you pray with me? And as I say, parents, after I pray, I'm just going to leave it open and you are welcome to pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for these young ones that you have entrusted to us. As parents, 
Help us to understand the importance of the divine calling that we have to raise our children well. Father, you have commanded us to raise them in the way that they should go. You have commanded us to teach them all that you have taught us. Father, we are responsible. We are not responsible for our children's salvation, but we are responsible for directing them down the path where they can find you. So Lord, in the busyness, in the hurried pace that life often demands, help us to make family discipleship a priority. Help us to hold our different responsibilities in their proper place so that we may be a good example to our children and take time to cultivate the soil of their hearts. Father, may we as best as we can reflect your love for our kids, a love that causes good fruit to grow in their lives, a love that is patient, a love that is kind, that is not arrogant, that is not irritable, a love that does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. May we exhort them in what is true. May we discipline them appropriately when needed. God, give us perseverance and give us wisdom in our roles as mom and dad. And Father, we pray blessings over our children. Father, we pray that they would be obedient as a response of love to Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that they would grow in their knowledge of you, that they would come to true faith in you, that you may be their Lord, that you may be their Savior. And God, we ask for protection over them. We ask for protection over them in a world that would turn them astray at so many different points. Protect their minds, protect their hearts, give them discernment regarding what is good and what is right and what is not. Protect their minds from the lies of Satan who would try to rob and steal good things from them. We pray for the light of Christ to shine over them and shine upon them. Father, that you would fill them with your love, that you would fill them with the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord. Father, that they would recognize that even at a young age, they can be powerhouses for your kingdom, that they don't need to wait until they get older to do magnificent things for you, God, that you can use them right now, that they have the same Holy Spirit available to them that their parents have. And God, I pray that you would raise up this next generation to be absolute powerhouses for your kingdom. That they would know they're never too young, never too young to make an impact in this world. Most of all, Lord, we entrust them to you, knowing that you love them even more than we do. In Jesus' name.